Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone. Your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. Who lives in the pineapple under the sea? It's Ixalan. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) I was like, maybe eventually I'll recognize the tune and I can sing along, but I honestly have never watched SpongeBob like... You know, I think it might have been on in a TV in a room I was in, but I was definitely not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going under the sea, above the sea, into dinosaur realms. Oh, we could have done... Maybe we've done that too, though. We've definitely done that. I was going to go... But we've done that one. Yeah. All right. So, Hans Zimmer and all the other soundtracks aside, it is time... To welcome you to the show. How's it going, everybody? You're watching slash listening to the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Get ready to... Ixalan. Ixalan. <laughs> it is Ixalan set review time. All of the cards have finally been spoiled. Jimmy and I have... Well, spoiler alert. The new Game Nights, which will be released on September 20th... Indeed. ...is us playing... Ixalan with Megan and Maria from Magic the Amateuring. So Jimmy and I have had our hands on these cards for quite some time. And let me tell you, it's been rough keeping our mouth shut. I'm excited to finally talk about them. Yeah, me too. And and, part of the production process, obviously, is we have to spend a lot of time to edit and make the videos as perfect as possible before they come out. So we had access to the cards early, and we have finally given the chance to review them for you all. And we're going to have a little more experience as well, which is nice. uh, Yeah, we've seen some of them in play. So that's really really cool. Now... Um, Oh, I was going to say, if you want to get your hands uh, on the Ixalan cards like we have them, then you can pre-order right now. If you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone, use that affiliate link to pre-order all of your Ixalan cards or any other cards or products that mm-hmm. you want. You're going to buy sleeves. Magic. Yeah. 
you're going to buy Magic cards anyway. If you use the affiliate link when you do, you are helping to keep Command Zone on the air and keep game nights, more importantly, yeah. on the air. Now, as is with every new set release, Ultra Pro, another sponsor for the show, also releases products that go alongside it. So I would not be surprised if we saw a playmat for Admiral Beckett Brass or Vona, Butcher of Magan, or Gishath, Sun's Avatar, or Tishana, Tishana, Voice of Thunder. So often, a lot of times, they'll take the big characters from the set and they'll make a playmat around the deck boxes and stuff too so it's a great way in case you're thinking about building a dinosaur tribal deck which i am doing right now so make spoiler sure you, alert spoiler alert uh the final way to support the show is through patreon and every single week we announce a new patron from our list to be thank you publicly on the show in live brought out to public everyone knows who you are now shame shame, shame. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> the person and, we are shaming today is Jesus Barajas. Just kidding. You're not shamed. You are thanked. Thank you, Jesus, for contributing to the show. Jesus, you rock. Another important announcement is that oh, yeah. this T-shirt that I'm wearing, it's our Game Nights T-shirt. You can see it has cool text on the back as well. We are sure. told that it is available uh, for retail right now for sale. You can purchase it. Now, spoiler alert again, <laughs> we are recording this, I think, three weeks before. Um, yep. Before it's released. So uh, we're lucky. We have access to the cards so we can talk about them. We can't actually release it until, you know, everybody else has officially spoiled the cards and the whole set is revealed. But at this point, we're told the t-shirts will be for sale available to the public. Now, patrons, patrons who meet the threshold will be receiving their shirts for free Mm -hmm. as part of their patron rewards. Everyone else, it will be available for purchase. If you go to the show description, the link should be there. Now, I will say... We don't really want to get into the storage business as far as like storing, um, you Merchandise, know, play mats. Yeah, I just don't can. want boxes full of T-shirts like filling up my house. So I'm only saying that to be like, go and order your shirt if you want one sooner rather than later, because we're not going to offer them forever. I'm just yeah. we're just not willing to, you know, open a warehouse and, and hold these things. So, yeah, we, we need all this space so that we can, you know, film things. Yeah, totally. So make sure you check it out in the show description, the show notes. These shirts will not be around forever. They're really nice. They're comfortable too. I really love it. Yeah, the, we 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 went through a couple iterations as far as like, you know, we don't ever nobody ever sends us anything. We're like, yeah, that's good. It's always mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, I don't like the tag. I don't want a tag. We want to make sure that the shirt quality is better. Blah blah blah. So we fix it all up. The shirts are very nice. I would highly recommend them. Okay, let's do it. Let's go to the Ixalan set review let's again. Jump on the boat again. I'm gonna say this one more time. The entire set has not been spoiled to the world yet, which also means it's very hard for us to double-check rules, interactions, and things like that. So I apologize if we get some things wrong. At the time of this recording. Yeah. Um, you know, forgive us a little. Give us a little bit of leeway. I think... I apologize for yeah. nothing. I, I, I assume we're not going to make any mistakes because we never, ever do, ever, yeah, in the history no, of the no, show. Yeah, okay. No way, no way. Uh, as always, we're going to go over the new mechanics first. There are less new mechanics than, than many sets we've seen. Mm-hmm. The first one is Explore. And Explore is an enter the battlefield effect, and it says when so-and-so creature enters the battlefield, you explore. And Explore is reveal the top card of your library, put that card into your hand if it's a land. Rhymes. Otherwise, put a 1-1 counter on this creature, and then put that card back or put it into your graveyard. So... That sounded a little complicated. I play a creature with Explore. I flip the top card of my library. If it's a land, I just draw it. Mm -hmm. End of story, you're done. If it's not a land, I put a 1-1 counter on the creature. That explored. That explored. And then I get a choice. I can either 
keep that card that I revealed on top of my deck, or I can put it into my graveyard. So I sort of semi-scry. Yeah, it's a semi-scry that could potentially just draw you a card as well, and that card's guaranteed going to be a land. And if it's not a land, then you get a slightly stronger creature, and sometimes you want to bin the card. So I think Explore yeah, that's all a good around. Point. There's nothing bad about Explore. Right. Every single part of Explore is like, sweet, sweet, oh, cool, sweet, sweet. Thumbs up to all of it. So. I think those cards are generally going to be better in uh, limited decks. Where, yeah, in limited and decks that care about having things in the graveyard. Right. Certainly. So if you want to fill your graveyard, you might look at Explore a little more. Yeah. Uh, Raid. It's a returning mechanic from Cons of Tarkir. It triggers if you attacked with a creature this turn. So sometimes it actually is a consistent trigger. So if a creature says Raid, and then it'll say, if you attacked with a creature this turn, then you do X, Y, and Z. So... So usually you'll play it after you attack with a creature and it only happens once. There are a couple of instances where Raid will continue to trigger. Yeah, that's sort of different than how Cons was, right? Most of the stuff in Cons was like you played something and it just checked that turn whether you attacked. Yeah. There are a couple of instances in this set where it will check every turn if you attack. Um, the third mechanic and final technically mechanic mechanic mm -hmm. is Enrage. Rawr. I do want to make a call out to my buddy from high school, John Stone. Hey, John. Who... Um, came up with this mechanic. You've met John. Mm -hmm. he, he invented it, so good job. It's uh, an effect that triggers whenever the creature is dealt damage. And it's different each time. Yeah, so it might be like every time this creature deals damage, you gain two life. Every time this creature gets dealt damage, you search your library for a basic land and put it into play tapped. You draw a card. You deal three damage to an opponent. So those cards are pretty interesting and may have some use. We're not going to call out all of them, but in specific decks where you've got like pestilence and things like that, those right. cards may be usable. Might be usable. Yeah, there's actually a couple that are really interesting, uh, but for the most part, it seems like more of a standard slash limited mechanic. Limited, really. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tribal. So this okay. isn't really a mechanic, but this is a big theme. Yeah, huge theme in this. We have dinosaurs, pirates, vampires, and merfolk as the four main tribes of this set. Uh, we're not going to go too deeply into the tribal-specific cards. Um, obviously, if you're building a Merfolk deck, look at the cards that say Merfolk on them and refer to all of those. Otherwise, yeah, because otherwise we'd have to talk about every card in the set, and it would yeah, just take too long. Take way too long. So the tribal-specific cards, like, you can yell at us if you want to, but, you know, we're purposefully just be like, yeah, that's a Merfolk card for a Merfolk mm -hmm. deck. There's not a lot to say about it other than, like, hey, if you're building a Merfolk deck, use that card. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's one more thing. Treasure. Treasure. Arr, What's treasure. Your pleasure? Um, I don't know why it's not called gold. It does the exact same thing, essentially. And gold and treasure are sort of synonymous words. Tr gold is a type of treasure. Treasure is not a type of gold. There you go. True. But I mean, if somebody like were to, if you, when you picture treasure in your head, what percentage of it is gold? Diamonds. That's it wasn't an answer. Uh, most of it. Yeah, like or 80, made 85. of gold, golden circlets. Okay. Like, I think uh, of smogs. Uh, smog. Yeah. Smog. Or smog. I, I used to call it smog when I was a kid, and then I learned from Peter Jackson that smog. In LA, we call it smog. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's essentially gold, but a lot of cards create it, and a lot of cards create treasure either through different effects. But you can tap and sacrifice it to add one color of any mana to your mana pool. At instant speed, it's an artifact. So uh, that's not a mechanic, but, but there's whatever. a lot of it in this yeah. set. All right, let's start where we always start, which is the new legends, the new legendary creatures. Dope, there dope, are dope, dope, dope. four of them, and they are somewhat tribal. They all are from a tribe, and yeah. some of them care about a tribe more than others. So, yeah, go ahead. Yep. So, also, by the way, the tribes very fall, clear, cl fall very clearly into certain colors and archetypes. 
or not archetypes, just colors. So the pirates are going to be Grixis. So blue, black, and red, and one for this first Admiral Beckett Brass. Legendary creature, human pirate. Now, Beckett Brass, she looks awesome. She's a 3-3. Three, three. Other pirates you control get plus one, plus one, so she's a lord. At the beginning of your end step, gain control of target non-land permanent controlled by a player who was dealt combat damage by three or more pirates this turn. I got less interested in the card as it went along. So at the beginning of your end step, you... You mean you liked the all your pirates get buffed? I like all your pirates get buffed and gain control of target and online permanent control by a player. And then as soon as it said, who was dealt combat damage by three or more pirates this turn? Three? That's tough. Three? I, two would have been reasonable. Yeah, but the thing is, it's combat damage. So it's not damage to a player, which is nice. So that means you just need to swing with three pirates at someone. If none of them get killed, then you actually get to steal a non-land permanent from that player. What do you mean it's combat damage so it's not damage to a player? As in, like, you can do combat damage to a creature. No, well, the player, player has to be dealt I'm combat so sorry. damage. I'm so sorry. This card got even unhappier Yeah, because it's head. by a player who was dealt, dealt combat, combat damage. damage. Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, it's a little different phrasing. So, it's not wonderful because you have to deal three... Three creatures have to get through and do damage. Holy crap. I mean, I can see a deck where you got extra combat phases because you don't have to deal it all at once, right? So if on the second combat phase you hit him with the third pirate, you well, can we're take dreaming something. big if we're talking about extra combat phases. I'm just right saying. Now. I'm just saying. Uh, you use unblockable and like intimidate and stuff, and maybe yeah, maybe you get there. Right. It seems like a lot of work to steal a permanent, and there's easier ways to do it. Yeah, the main issue is that you're just never gonna really find someone that's open enough for you to get three creatures through. Like someone's gonna have a zero three or a two two or a one five. You know, there's gonna be something to stop your pirates unless you have a thousand of them, in which case, great. But at that point, just you how often just be... are you just indiscriminately hitting people with three creatures? <laughs> It's very rare. I'll tell you, I've edited 10 episodes of Game Nights. Yeah. Combat itself is actually pretty rare. And yeah. somebody getting hit with three creatures is extremely rare. Yeah. But here's the thing. If you're going to make this deck, you're obviously going to make it to work with that. So you're going to have a lot of tokens, pirate tokens, ways to get in for damage. Here's the real question. Yeah. Is it better than Ramirez de Pietro? What's Ramirez do again? Nothing. Oh. He's got like first strike. <laughs> So, yeah, it's better. So. It's got to be better, yeah. yeah. It has an additional color. It, it gives, gives all your pirates pirate plus, plus one, plus one. one. Like, what kind yeah. of question was that? I was just saying, it's still an upgrade to the pirate legendary oh, right, right, we right. have right now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, the next one is Vona. Vana? Vona. Vona, Butcher of Magan. About ready to go on a trip. Vona is doing the uh, the George Washington thing a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah very revolutionary right there. Yeah, so Vana Vona is three, a white and a black, five mana total for a four four legendary creature, vampire knight. Cool, like Edgar. Vigilance and lifelink. Cool, five mana four four vigi lifelink is pretty good. You can tap Vona, pay seven life. Okay. Destroy target non land permanent. Oh okay. Activate this ability only during your turn. So you vindicate? Destroy target non-land permanent, yeah. At sorcery speed. Oh, vindicate. Well, you sorcery end? No, it's not destroy. It's your it's turn speed. Either. So you can use it at instant speed, like attack and then use the ability. Yep. Uh, or attack, get the lifelink, and then use the ability. You're right. It's not sorcery speed because it's your turn, your yeah. turn speed. Um, seven life. That's a lot. I mean, not if you have 40. Here's the thing. It's still a lot if you're at 40. If you're playing a vampire tribal deck or even just black-white, you're probably, I mean, like all the black-white commanders, all the black-white cards that are really powerful in commander often have some kind of lifelink attached to them i feel like well like karloff Vona has Karloff lifelink. stuff yeah Vona has maybe lifelink. this goes in a karloff deck or an ailey deck but I, I don't know if it's better than either of those as your commander right because yeah ailey, i agree 
Karloff. This is they definitely blow stuff up. It seems like easy, more easily. I'd want to put this in the deck that can give it haste as well. Yeah. So which you're in white black, it's hard to give it haste. But uh, Edgar Markov would be a good deck for this as well. Would it? I don't know. It's only to be okay. in there, I guess so. I mean, here's the thing: being able to destroy a target non-land permanent in, let's say, red, white, black. Do they have many options for doing that? Otherwise, oh, they have vindicate. Don't yeah, they? they got utter end. <laughs> they got vindicate. They got. They got. Actually, they have the best options, and they exile stuff. People are looking for us to be positive about cards on this show, Josh. <laughs> Sorry. I, don't uh, know. I mean, Vona's okay. Uh, yep. I think Admiral Beckett Brass actually is better than Vona as far as like bringing Being something like, new to the table that we haven't been on. Like that, you right. can build a pirate deck where you really kind of couldn't before. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vona doesn't do anything that other cards don't do better already. Sorry, True. sorry. No, I'll try point. and be more positive from here out, but I'm just going to give honest evaluations. Well, and, you know what? Here comes an eight mana card that's going to blow your mind. Oh, this one has a theme song too. It is Gishoth, Sun's Avatar. I like how you turn it into like a dance song. Welcome. I'm a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur. We've recorded three podcasts in a row today, and we might be getting a little loopy. So, Gishath, Sun's Avatar. It looks like the mega dino that was in the the newest Jurassic World. It does. The one that was like genetically created. Yeah. Yeah, by Bryce Dallas Howard. Those high heels can do a lot of work. <laughs> it's five red, green, and a white for a 7-6 legendary creature dino avatar. Sick. This is going to be my commander. It's, it's an 8-mana 7-6. Yeah, I've never had a Naya deck before, though, so may as well, right? So it's Trample, Vigilance, Haste. That, those oh, are that's three. good. That's yeah. good. Trample, Vigilance. Whoop, whoop. Trample is it seven, and six? Haste. Yeah. So it just comes out and smashes right away. I like that. And whenever Gashath deals combat damage to a player, reveal that many cards from the top of your library. Put any number of dinosaur creature cards from among them onto the battlefield. It draws cards. And the rest it's sort of Depalas. It doesn't draw them. It puts them on the battlefield. Oh, onto the battlefield. Oh, crap. Yeah. I didn't even... Oh, and the, rest, the battlefield. And the rest of them on the bottom of your library in a random order. Put any number, any number. It doesn't care about casting. Cards. Yeah. Oh, now this is a card. Yeah. So because it has trample. Yeah. It's so gonna hit him. It's a it's a, a tribal deck. You play it with the guy that reduces cost by two, so you can play this for six mana instead. And, and you play a little bit of ramp. It's you've got green. It's you not got, gonna be that hard. You got scroll rack. Turn five or so. You boom smash. They you, either block oh, or they take it. You look at the top seven cards. You or boom stuff. smash, and if they they block like five of it, you're like sweet. I'm only gonna scroll rack five cards to the top of my library, and they're scroll all dinosaur rack. creatures. Oh. Okay, Done. see, this card has card draw and cheating of mana cost on it. Now, yeah. the question that has to be answered for this card is, are there enough dinosaurs? Yes. <laughs> I know for a fact, and at the time of this recording, we don't know, but Wizards is going back and re-eroding some cards to be dinosaurs. Yeah, so they've dinosaurs. announced on Twitter, the various Wizards personalities, like Forsyth and some people have said that they're going to go back and... They've done this in the past for like Spirits and some other tribes to sort of right make that tribe more robust so you can build decks around it um and so they're gonna go back and take things in the past that obviously are dinosaurs but just don't have the creature to subtype dinosaur and errata them which means that they'll officially be counted as dinosaurs um but yeah right now they haven't announced to us what those are gonna be yeah that's a good one i think death miss raptor has to be one yeah it's a raptor it literally says raptor and right now it's a lizard beast which is like the weakest way for someone to call something a dinosaur it's a lizard beast no it's a dinosaur dude yeah i mean you know raptors are like the smartest dinosaurs right they're really smart yeah have you ever heard that that they're smart yeah i heard they were smart i heard they're really smart yeah but that was more demonstrated (laughs) every park movie is them telling me how smart raptors are yeah and then you see them be really smart and you're like oh man they opened a door dang 
they were able to sniff us out but not get the main characters in time. Okay. What's the, what's the name? Don't steal their eggs. <laughs> Gishoth. Gishoth, Sun's Avatar. Gishoth seems actually pretty sweet, and I'm not much of a Timmy, but that seems like a real card. Cheat stuff directly into play. Also, you could Calling play... Calling me a Timmy? Huh? Calling me a Timmy over here? I'm just saying, like, there's nothing wrong with being a Timmy. I'm just not a guy that likes big creatures generally, you know, I'm just saying. It's too bad that you don't have black or blue because you could play the um, conspiracy type effects. That oh, I'm so sorry. You don't have all five colors. <laughs> That's you can true. play conspiracy. Yeah, for sure. And then turn everything into it. Yeah. There's a new but card. shifters and stuff. Yeah. There's a new card I think we're going to talk about as well that, yeah, that, does, that does that. conspiracy thing. Yeah. We'll and talk cheaper, about it later. It's cheaper. Uh, <laughs> cheaper, cheaper we're price. like noticeably different because we've been doing so much podcasting today. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we have one more video after this too. Hooray. We can do it. We can make it. Um, all right, the last legendary creature uh, in the set is Tashana, Voice of Thunder. That must be hard to talk to Tashana. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Tashana, how are you doing? <laughs> We've lost it. Okay. All right. I got this. Uh, Tashana, Voice of Thunder, five green blue for a star star. Merfolk Shaman, legendary creature. Of course, Tashana's power and toughness are equal, or sorry, are each equal to the number of cards in your hand. So if you have seven cards, she's a seven-seven. Cool. Or he, I'm not sure. You have no maximum hand size. Wait, I gotta read the last part. You <laughs> figure out this voice of thunder is a male or a female? I think it's a he. You have no maximum. No, it's hand a female. Size? It's a female. Tashana is not a male name. I don't think. I don't, yeah, I, don't, I have no idea. I don't know. You have no maximum hand size. It's and when Tashana enters the battlefield, you draw a card for each creature you control. How much does it cost? Five green blue. Oh, jeez. Cost, it's, it's, well, prime, I mean, it's like, Prime Speaker Zagana-ish, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's also, um, what's the card that draws for each green creature you control? Uh, Regal Force? Yeah, Regal Force. So yeah. it's similar to that in terms of how much it costs. But, but it's power and toughness equal to number of cards in your hand. You have no maximum hand size. When you the battlefield, you draw a card for each creature you control. So, I mean... It's, it's all an ETB too, the, so you could blink it. Yeah, it's all on the card, which is nice. Yeah, that's true. It all works with itself, right? There's no like weird doesn't get along with each other. Text. Minimum, this is a seven mana reliquary tower that draws you one card. <laughs> that's, so. that's bad though. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Minimum is bad. Um, I mean, it's a seven drop, but the effect you actually want don't want until a little bit later because yeah. you don't really want to play a card that's going to draw you a card for each creature you control on turn three. Uh, yeah, right, yeah. right. So I feel like this is just a really nice thing to have as the top end in a deck that's just a green blue deck otherwise. A green blue token deck. Yeah, but I feel and like this there's... can just it's a token deck and this just is free card draw when you need it. When you when need you it, yeah. Gas. So you can yeah. just go heavy ramp token and you know you have to sh always have access to, to Shana. Shana. Yeah. yeah, so you can just keep the fuel going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting card. I don't know if I want to ever run this as commander given your other choices in green and blue. Yeah, green blue is just the best. Color it's just like right. You're There's not so gonna you're not choices. gonna run into problems drawing cards in green and blue. Yeah, or making yeah. But uh, yeah. If there's like a make sure creatures plus one plus one, I could consider it a little more. But otherwise, this just has. There are other cards that do this, and you can still have a better commander. So it's a merfolk shaman. Maybe there's a merfolk deck to, to go with it. Maybe you can just do a flavor deck. But I don't think this is great. It's really prime speaker Zagana, whereas prime speaker wants you to have one big creature. Tishani wants you to have a lot of a lot of creatures, right? It's just, it's really this one card, except this main difference between the no, two. No, but, but I'm just saying, like, that <laughs> and what it does, yeah. Like, there's there's two strategies with creatures, right? Go big, go wide. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Prime Speaker's the go big one, and Tishana's the go wide one now. Yeah. So maybe. But Prime Speaker's Prime just Speaker's way a, a decent a decent deck though. I think Prime Speaker's just better. 
Probably. You could play Voral of the Hole. Probably. But you're not playing a token deck, right? So if you wanted to play tokens, but you wanted the Prime Speaker. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I think Gashath is kind of the best one. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. Gashath definitely is the one. I mean, it really depends on how good the dinosaurs are and how many they errata. Yeah. Because if they don't errata a lot or they don't errata the good ones, then Gashath gets a lot worse. Hey, we're in great position, though. We're 24 minutes in this podcast and we've talked about four cards. All right. All right. All right. And there are three more legendary creatures, actually. They're monocolored. And full disclosure, you may <laughs> have noticed that our audio quality has changed a little here. When we were recording this, originally we kind of accidentally skipped over these cards. Um, if they weren't legendary creatures, we probably would just let it slide. But since they are, we felt the need to record what we call a pickup to talk about these cards uh, because Jimmy and I are now in separate states. Forever. For- forever, ever? <laughs> don't scare me man all right let's get talking about these legendary creatures okay so the first one is a white card it's maverin fane dusk apostle it's two and a white for a two two legendary creature vampire cleric it says whenever one or more non-token vampires you control attack create a one one white vampire creature token with lifelink nice so these are pretty standard vampire tokens uh maverin is, however, mono-white, so I don't see him, again, as a creature that you would necessarily want to be your commander. Mono-white already has enough trouble, as is, so I don't think limiting yourself to also having vampire creatures is going to do you much good. Yeah, I mean, white's not traditionally one of the big vampire colors either. That's usually black and or red, so it seems like having Mavern Fane as like your front man or your lead singer is not going to work out, at least presently. Maybe in the future when there's more vampires than white, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, just put him in Edgar Markov and laugh all the way to the vampire bank. <laughs> I mean, one thing is, I, I think he's fine, but he's still not amazing because it's not like you get a vampire token for every one of your vampires that attack, right? You just get a vampire token when one or more of your non-token vampires attack. It's, oh, right, yeah. That's a good point. It's, it's fine, but like one vampire token per turn if you're attacking, I don't know, for a three-mana 2-2. Two, two, I don't know. I'm just not high on it. You can almost always do better. Yeah, I think so. If you did have Edgar out, though, you could stack the triggers in a way that the plus one, plus one counter would go on the vampire token. Yeah, that's true. I think it probably does go in Edgar. I just don't think it's, like, amazing. Yeah. It's slow value over a long time. and But the big thing is, like, it requires attacking, so you're going to be in a deck that is attacking, so that's why Edgar's probably the best fit for a card like this. Yeah, that's true, and Edgar has haste, so yeah. casting Edgar and just attacking with Maverick Fane out will you know, net you a vampire token. So, eh, 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 eh. Eh. all right, on to the next one. <laughs> uh, the next one is mono blue. It's Coppola, Warden of Waves. It's one blue blue for a 2-2. Two, two. It's a legendary creature, Merfolk Wizard. Spells your opponent's cast that target a Merfolk you control cost two uh, generic mana more to cast or abilities your opponents activate that target a merfolk you control cost two more generic mana, fa- mana to activate um well first of all this coppola sounds I mean, like yeah we, Francis is this Ford the godfather coppola. it could be coppola yeah it's it probably is but i'm gonna call it coppola because it's the godfather of waves i i mean this seems like it's gonna be great for the merfolk deck right is that kind of like maybe run it as like a two of or something yeah in modern in modern you mean yeah, modern. Or I mean, it, all the way back to vintage. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. I, this, if you're building a Merfolk deck and you really have high value Merfolk, then this could be useful. But again, it's a monocolored commander. You're going to run into restrictions as is. 
I don't know if you're going to want this again as your lead singer. Yeah, and again, our big worry in EDH is often not single target removal. I mean, this is nice to have. I just don't think it's so powerful. You, you're like, oh, I have to run that as my general. It seems fine, but I think it goes in the Merfolk deck. Mm-hmm. It Also, you know, they sort of, for this set, they've sort of expanded Merfolk to be blue and green. Right. So it seems like you're going to want, if you know, if anything, you're going to want to expand into green also. Um, but obviously blue is at least the main color for Merfolk, whereas Mavern Fane is white, and that's not the main color for vampires. So I think this deck, as a, you know, sort of the lead singer of a Merfolk deck, is, you know, better than Mavern Fane at least. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if we're comparing only these monocolor legendaries so far, Francis Ford Coppola is up top. The Godfather of Waves. Nice. Um, you think they were mad because Master of Waves was already a card, so they have to call this one the Warden of Waves? Yeah, maybe. I mean, there are a lot of things you could be towards the waves, and if there is one Master, although if you look at that card, that is truly the Master of Waves. <laughs> it's actually kind of similar to the art on this card, honestly. Yeah, that's true. They're always <laughs> bursting forth being like, I am a part of the ocean. But I think Master <laughs> of Waves is also just a better card than everything oh. we've talked about so far. Yeah, for sure. It's too bad it's not legendary. Yeah. Um, or it's good it's not legendary, yeah, depending it's, it's on your good, perspective. Yeah. yeah, okay. And there's one more. It is the mono red legendary creature. It's two... Oh, sorry. The name is Captain Lannery Storm, which would make you think that it's a storm uh, mechanic commander, but it's not. It's two and a red for a 2-2 legendary creature. Human pirate has haste. Whenever Captain Lannery Storm attacks, create a colorless treasure artifact token with... You can uh, tap and sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. And then whenever you sacrifice a treasure, Captain Lannery Storm gets plus one, plus O until end of turn. Uh, This looks like it's a nice, again, inclusion into a mono red deck. It's like another form of ramp. But it's, you know, in the same way that like you can play a three mana rock and you can use it once to tap for some mana. Yeah. Uh, You can now attack with a creature and then get something you can tap for mana. I mean, I wish it was. I wish it was more like Maverick Fane, where like if a creature you control, if one or more creatures you control right. attacks, then you get one. But Captain Lannery Storm actually has to be the the one attacking, and she is a two two. Um, yeah, that's gonna make it tough after like you know a certain time. You know, you probably get an attack or two in because because of the haste. But also, man, this really makes me think: Why didn't they just call the treasure gold? Because that would be more things that sort of interact with uh, Captain Lannery Storm because whenever you sacrifice right. a treasure, it's only going to really work for, you know, Ixalan and Rivals of Ixalan, whereas if it, if it said gold, also it would interact with some other cards in Magic's past. Yeah. I think that's an opportunity missed. I mean, I'm sure they have some weird reason for it in that the gold originally was like more from King Makar and stuff. And it's I don't know, it's 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 on it's land gold, not ocean gold. I don't know who knows. I think I think they wanted to be able to say the phrase like you're searching for buried treasure and right. searching for buried gold just doesn't have the same ring to it. So they just sacrifice. Maybe they'll go back and they'll errata the gold to be called treasure. I mean, they're doing it with dinosaurs. Why couldn't they do that? Yeah, they won't do that. They probably won't do that because yeah. they don't like to do that much. But. Also, King Makar the curse does not create treasure he creates gold that's a good point um the uh, the only upside i can see of this card is there are a lot of uh, artifact decks that are always looking to place an artifact on the battlefield in some way so that they can sack it to regenerate something else uh, on the graveyard. yeah that's but interesting i'd rather just play like a clue generator but the fact that this does add mana may make it better than something like a clue i don't know my initial 
instinct is that this just won't be good enough for for most EDH decks or playgroups. Yeah. Um, in most circumstances, even for mono red, but you never know. Hey, but if you are doing a pirate based theme, it is kind of cool. So there is always that in terms of tribal synergies and all that. That's a good point. If you're doing an R mighty deck, then then good on you. Good on you. That's not what pirates say to each other. They they say, "Yar, ahoy there." <laughs> How does a pirate say "good on you"? Uh, a vast ye cool dude. I don't know. I'd have to. <laughs> I'd have to look it up. A vasty cool dude. All right. Well, I'll let everybody else out there look up how pirates say good on you. <laughs> and uh, well, we'll cut back now to our normal podcast recording and our audio will go back to being uh, the way it was before, I guess. Yeah. But maybe you won't be able to tell at all. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, we told them, so they probably know now. No. Maybe they forgot. No. They probably, you know, some people fall asleep during the cast. So when oh, they yeah. wake up, it'll be as if nothing happened. Yeah. And they'll miss, they will, they will have missed three cards that are of not any particular significance either. Hey, but we like to be thorough. Very true. All right. See you on the other side. All right. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the new Planeswalkers. This one uh, is uh, Hot Jace, is what I'm calling him now. Jace Cunning Castaway. One blue, blue for a three um, planes, uh, loyalty Planeswalker. Legendary Planeswalker Jace. We'll notice the new rule is now in session, where you can see it says Legendary Planeswalker in front of it. Uh, his plus one, whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player this turn, draw a card, then discard a card. So you get a loot on a plus one if you, when your creatures deal combat damage this turn. It needs to be before your combat phase, most likely. Minus two, create a 2-2 blue illusion creature token with when this creature becomes the target of a spell, sacrifice it. Uh, minus two. Minus five. Very interesting. Create two tokens that are copies of Jace, Cunning Castaway, except they are not legendary. So he essentially creates two illusions of himself for five loyalty. And, and those then illusions can create two more illusions. Two more two illusions, twos. yeah. So that is, I think, the best part of this card is getting it to ultimate. Um, because the plus one is really not that great to just be able to loot when a creature does combat damage to a player. Like... You could just play a looter in that case. And, and looting's then, good, but it's not that good. Like, yeah. you, you're not up a card. And then his minus two just creates a 2-2 two, two that's really vulnerable to targeted spells. Well, it, that's not going to happen. spells are going to kill it anyway, yeah. so that's, and that's not, not going to be It also won't happen in EDH very often. I don't know. This, this the big thing is, is that J this Jace goes infinite with doubling season. Yes. So you create the... you. It comes in, has six loyalty. You use the ultimate. It actually, instead of making two copies of Jace, it makes four... <laughs> And those each of four those come, come in, in with six, six and yeah. they each make four more. So now you've got, what, 16. You do that enough times, and now you can create infinite amount of two twos. Yeah. So, but the list of planeswalkers that are good with doubling season is like, it's getting too big to remember all those cards now. So, yeah, yeah fine. It's good with doubling season. So and the best time. cards in the Super Friends doubling season deck are the ones that work well, even if they're yes. like. You want the card to protect itself and to work well by itself. It does create a two two, it's not horrible. It's, it's just not, not great. It's just not great. It's a yeah. three drop though. It comes out early. Yeah, it comes out early. Um, but yeah, that's that's about all I have to say about that card ever again. Okay. All right. The next one is a new planeswalker we haven't that seen before. Biceps, though. Just Jace saying. needs to work out. He should use his illusions to make himself look bubble. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> he should have made the illusion tokens just really ripped. <laughs> He's like, hey, He's like, I'm making an illusion of myself. It. Yeah, may as well go all the way. <laughs> it's gonna look like Cassius Marsh. <laughs> all right. He's got he's got some sleeves or some tattoos. Yeah, those are like uh. I don't know, veins of 
of mana. Of mana. I don't know. Okay. I don't know, man. I'm not good at this thing. Okay. I'm, I'm not good at this thing. I'm tired now. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next Planeswalker is a new one. It's Huatli. Huatli. Huatli Warrior Poet. Three, a red and a white. Boros. So five mana for a three loyalty Planeswalker. So you can plus two Huatli and gain life equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. Okay. okay. Sure. Oh, you can zero ability and create a 3-3 dinosaur creature token with trample. Wow. Sounds better than Jace's minus two. Wow. Just saying. It's that's, a zero? That's pretty sweet, right? That's pretty sweet. And yeah. then Quelly has a weird... It's not even an ultimate, but it's in the ultimate slot. It's a negative X. Mm-hmm. And you... Huatli deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures. Creatures dealt damage this way can't block this turn. So now we know why she doesn't come in with a lot of loyalty because she would kind of be able to gun down a lot of stuff. Yep. Um, Which you go ping, 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 stop three things from blocking for five mana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really, you just play her and make dinosaurs. Five yeah. mana, though, is that good enough for EDH? Mm. With doubling season, it's not that great. Of course, we always have to now uh, analyze based on how good they are with doubling season. Who knows? I mean, it's it's Gaining not... life is pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, being able to make dinosaurs is what it's all about. I'll probably play this in my Down the Tribal decks just to make more dinosaurs. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's like a C minus. Our last Planeswalker, probably the best of the bunch, is Vraska, Relic Seeker. And man, Vraska looks so cool as a pirate. I love it. Four, a black and a green for a six loyalty Planeswalker. That's what I'm talking about. Plus two, create a 2-2 two, two black pirate creature token with menace. Jace, are you paying Wait, attention? That's the plus? Are you paying attention, Jace? Oh, man. This is how you do it. That's plus two? So she goes up to eight. Oh, that's... Eesh. Minus three, a very Vraska ability. Destroy target artifact creature or enchantment. Create a colorless treasure artifact token with sack this artifact. Add one man of any match your mana pool. So you can minus three here to blow up a really problematic artifact creature or enchantment. That's really flexible. That's really good. And then and you get you, one mana back. Yeah. You, well, you just get one mana. It's not. I guess it's back kind of. Well, one at any time yeah, you want. Yeah. You know? uh, and then her minus ten. Minus <laughs> ten. Well, so that's actually not bad. Not bad to go up to two. Yeah. yeah. So you could have her for out for three turns and then do this or chain veil it or doubling season. Target player's life total becomes one. That's actually kind of cool. Oh, that's brutal. Because I play season. I play the other Soren in my Planeswalker Bring deck to, to ten. take it to 10. Yeah, so this does it to, to one. one. Yeah, that person is not looking good. And then for style points, you have a Tim out. Hey, Tim him. Bing. Bing. All right. Bing. I, I, I think Vraska is pretty decent. And she's in the double season colors. And she all three of her abilities are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's pretty good. All right, now this is very exciting. This is kind of a new mechanic that we didn't talk about, but there are flip cards in the set. Dual-faced. Yeah, and the backs of the cards cards are like, it's really neat, actually. I love the design that they have on the back. It's a nice mix, I think, of what people want in sort of like an alternate art, full art-esque thing that's kind of like borderless in a way. You know what? Terry can show them better than we are, actually. Um, So there's 10 uh, dual-faced cards there's five colorless and five colored. They all flip over to become lands. So everything flips into a land. So the first five are five. You don't hear art- that very often, by the way. Yeah. The first five are five artifacts that flip over to become lands. So we'll just go through them. The first one is treasure map. It's two mana for an artifact. You can pay one, tap it to scry one, and then you put a landmark counter on the treasure map. Treasure map. Then if there are three or more landmark counters on it, you remove those counters and you transform the treasure map. And when you do that, you create three treasure tokens. Again, you can <laughs> sacrifice the treasure. Already, by the way, this card's good. I think so by itself. You get a scry, and then at three, you get three mana back. But it's five mana to do it. 
and then you get three mana back and you scry three times. The whole point is that I think it's close. You got to get this out early, but the, I think card. I mean, I would play this in a red white deck immediately, especially with what's on. Yeah, the in red white, it's good because again, it flips over and becomes a land, and that won't count for your land per turn when you play it. Mm-hmm. So. So, again, you scry three times, you put three counters on this, and then you're going to flip it, and you're going to get three treasure tokens. So you get the three treasure, you flip it over, and it's Treasure Cove, which is a land that taps for a diamond or colorless mana. You can also tap the Treasure Cove and sacrifice a treasure and draw a card. So you have three treasures sitting there. You can turn those into cards if you want to, or you can just sack them for mana. That's why I like that yeah. part, too. I think it's good in Boros. Maybe it's good in Boros. It's good in mono white. might even be good in mono red. Very few decks are going to want to purposely remove treasure map, I think. these are The, the nice yeah, thing yeah. about these hidden powers is that you're not being like, I need to kill this card immediately. No, this card, it just gains you a little bit of value over time, and then you get mana or cards. All right, the next flip card is Thematic Compass. Also, by the way, I might note that when it becomes a land, it's because it's really hard to remove, comparatively. Thematic Compass is a two-drop artifact. You can tap, th- you can pay three and tap it. Search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So that's kind of expensive. However, at the beginning of your end step, if you control seven or more lands, transform Thematic Compass. Now, those two abilities aren't tied. Yeah. So at any time, if you have seven lands, you can transform it. So you don't even ever have to use the ability. You just have to get to seven lands, and then it'll flip. Yep. And this turns into Spires of Arazka, which is tapping. You can tap it for a colorless mana, or you can tap it to untap target attacking creature in the opponent controls and remove it from combat. It's Maze of Ith. Yep. This is how Wizards is doing functional reprints of, of cards, by the way, is by putting them on sweet stuff like this, like the sort of value cards. And the really interesting part about it is that Maze of Ith doesn't tap for mana, but this card does. So... For two mana, I mean, you're not really going to want to... I would want to, I think, ideally have this in the deck where you play this when you have seven lands out in play. Yeah. I mean, you, what you could do is you play it on two because you don't have a lot of two drops in the deck. And then if you ever just happen to have three mana laying around, you activate it. But or otherwise, if you, you have just, to hit, you know... Yeah. But otherwise, you just wait till you have seven lands and it flips and now you got a Maze of Ith that taps for mana. It's like an automatic ramp card on that turn that you are able to flip it. That's true. It ramps you from seven to eight, basically. Because mm-hmm. um, you can flip it immediately and also tap it for mana that turn. True, but it flips when? Oh, in step. Yeah. I mean, you could, if you had flash stuff or whatever, but still. Maze of Ith, generally, you're going to want to hold open anyway. Yeah. I think that card's pretty good. And again, it's colorless, so it goes in any deck. Yes. And it's only a two drop, so the it doesn't cost you much to to play right investors these are the cards you're going to want to look at 100%. probably yeah uh the next one is primal amulet it's four mana for an artifact instant and sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast okay already playable in a lot of decks yeah whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell put a charge counter on primal amulet then if there are four or more charge counters on it you may remove those counters and transform it so this one you do have to cast it an instant or sorcery and then it will check, and then it will flip, right? Uh, I guess it, just if you had something else that put charge counters on things, yeah, you couldn't just flip it unless you cast at least one instant For sorcery. Sure. It's, you're only going to play in an instant sorcery deck. <laughs> um, okay, it turns into Primal Wellspring, which is a land. This is this is really good. Tap and add one mana of any color to your mana pool. When that mana is spent to cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. So it becomes Pyromancer's Goggles, except for the... It, it'll copy any spell, yeah. any instance or sorcery. Also, you can use that mana for not an instant or sorcery. It just won't copy it. But mm-hmm. you start forking everything you play. Oh, that card's really good. This goes in Mizzix and makes it even better. It goes in Mizzix and Melik and Kess and all these spells. Oh, decks. my gosh. Could you imagine like having a huge stack and then casting <clears throat> a counter spell and having it doubled up because of this primal amulet or something? 
It's really good. I think it might be good enough even in not instant and sorcery, like 100% theme decks, even if you just, just have 20 or so. Yeah. Being able to double a spell at very little cost yourself, because if you think about it, if you save four mana over the course of playing this card, then you will have quote-unquote paid for it, which you need to do to get four counters on it in the first place. What if you have like a Cure's Followers and Fate Stitchers? Oh, wow. And you just untap, And you tap. untap it, tap it, tap it, so you create like five copies of a spell okay. when you cast it. Whenever, will that work? When that mana is spent to cast... Wait, wait, wait. I think it would trigger each time you tapped it. I have no clue. I have no We're clue. We're in the realm that gets We're in the realm, trouble But here. if it does, then that is insane. Otherwise, you just cast a different instant sorcery the second time. With, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it seems really good. All right, our next flip card is Dowsing Dagger. It's two mana for an artifact equipment, the first equipment of the group. When Dowsing Dagger enters the battlefield, target opponent creates two zero two green plant creature tokens with defender. Target opponent. Opponent, so you give this to someone. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus one. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you may transform Dowsing Dagger. So the whole point is like, oh, you can't easily attack into the person in a 1v1 game because you just gave them two blockers. The equip cost is two, but in a multiplayer game, you can probably attack a lot of people. And ugh, it turns into, um, uh, what's that card called? Gilded Lotus. Tap, add three mana of any one color to your mana pool. This is a powerful card. Another card that if you have untapped, you know, permanent type effects. Yeah. Um, also... Red and white, which are uh, colors that want to attack people mm -hmm. and have trouble ramping. Boom. Boom. Dowsing Dagger. Boom. Every single one of these cards are playable so far, and I think they're all really good in different ways. Yeah. And the last of the colorless flip cards is Conqueror's Galleon. This oh, isn't... vehicles are back, by the way, too. Oh, yeah. we vehicles are it. back. Oh, yeah. We didn't mention that as a mechanic. Now we did. Vehicles are back. All right. <laughs> Conqueror's Galleon. <laughs> Four mana for an artifact vehicle. It's a 210. Uh, but it has crew four, so it only becomes that 210 if you tap a uh, number of creatures you control with to total power four or more. Mm -hmm. And then it's a creature until end of turn. It says, when Conqueror's Galleon attacks, exile it at the end of combat, then return it to the battlefield transformed under your control. So ah. it'll still deal combat damage because it, it doesn't exile until the end of combat. It also combat. gives them a chance to block it. It has to it. live. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's got 10 toughness. They're probably not going to block and kill it. But at the same time, if it if it died to something in combat, then it, not necessarily it won't a free reach attack. the end of combat. Yeah, but if it lives at the end of combat, you're gonna flip it over, and it's gonna become Conqueror's Foothold, which has sweet art, and it's a land. This card is also nuts. This is the uh, Staff of Domination of Lands. It has <laughs> it has four abilities. One, it taps for diamond or colorless mana, or you can pay two and tap it to draw a card, then discard a card, so you can loot. Or you can pay four and tap it to just straight up draw a card. Or you can pay six and tap it to return target creature card from your graveyard to your no, hand. No, just target card. Oh, to return target card from your graveyard to your... Oh, man, this card's really good. Yeah, it's like the... Uh, it's Yeah, it's the Staff of Domination slash Trading Post slash... Land of Domination. Land of Domination. Um, the only thing I'll say is that you need to be able to crew it. Yeah, and that leaves so you open. So it can't go... And it also can't go in decks that don't have a high uh, enough creature count. Now, mm -hmm. you don't have to super high, but it's still four... So, you know, some decks, a lot of my decks wouldn't want it. But at the same time, man, it's really good when it flips over. Yeah. Land of Domination. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. All well, right. if you thought that was good, there's some other crazy stuff here. Not all of these are as as good, I think. No, but, uh, but they're one all of them is still really good. good. Yeah. So now we are into the enchantments that flip into, Legendary enchantments. into lands. Yeah. So... The exploring theme is heavy here, if you're thinking about it. You're using artifacts to explore, enchantments to explore. These are all legendary enchantments. The first one is Legion's Landing. It costs one white. Uh, when Legion's Landing enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 one, one white, white vampire creature token with lifelink. And then when you attack with three or more creatures, transform Legion's Landing. 
and it transforms into a land that taps for white mana, and also two in the white tap, create a 1-1 white vampire creature token with lifelink. So good in the token deck, obviously. Uh, you get a 1-1 out of it no matter what, and then you just need to attack with three more creatures to transform it. You don't need to deal damage or any of that stuff. Yeah, as soon as you attack with three creatures, boom, it flips over, and now yeah. it's a sort of token creator. It's not a very efficient one. It's cost three mana. Yeah. It really costs four because you're tapping one of your lands. Um, oh, right, sorry. This is called Adonto, the first four when it transforms. I don't think I, know. I, don't think I said that. It's a legendary land. Um, hey, Captain Sisse can go find this stuff. Oh, yeah. She always could, though, because it's not like they were Planeswalkers that suddenly have legendary that didn't before. <laughs> anyway, okay. The next one is the blue one. Search for Azkanta. Searching. Azkanta. Is that supposed to be like Aztec? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. One <laughs> one in a blue for a legendary enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may put it into your graveyard. Then, if you have seven or more cards in your graveyard, you may transform Search for Azkanta. That's kind of like a Kid Jace a little bit. Mm-hmm. It turns into Azkanta the Sunken Ruin. You found it. <laughs> it's a legendary land. Taps for blue mana. Or you can pay two and tap it. To Sorry, two and a blue and tap it. To look at the top four cards of your library, you may reveal a non-creature, non-land card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in order. So it's okay. card selection for non-creature, non-land cards um, for two and a blue and mm-hmm. tap this. Uh, it's not super efficient, but man, it's pretty good because you look at four cards and you pick one. Yeah, if you, you have a lot of search through your deck. Yeah, if you have a lot of non-creatures in your deck, I think it's probably pretty good. I mean, obviously, got to be in blue. All right, let's talk about the worst one. Argel's Bloodfast, one in the black for a legendary enchantment. One in the black, pay two life, draw a card. So that's just not good. It's greed, but worse. It's yeah. Erebus. It's what Erebus has. Yeah, on. exactly. Except for Erebus has other things that he does. And then it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have five or less life, you may transform Argel's Bloodfast. Okay. At the beginning of your upkeep, and you have to have five or less life, it's just not good. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have five or less life, uh, newsflash, you're you're in trouble. You're in trouble, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other side is the Temple of Aklazots, and you can tap it to add black to your mana pool, and you can tap it to sacrifice a creature. You gain life equal to the sacrifice creature's toughness. So Wait, this is... um, What's the card? There's the... There's high market, but that just gives you one. But there's is it like Miri's Well or something. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's a. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So this is interesting. You get it equal to the toughness. Let's look it up right now. But it, in general, one, you never want to have this thing cr- triggered. Uh, you don't want to be at five life. Generally, there might be like your Marchesta deck might put itself down there. Yeah, but at that point, this is not going to save my butt. You know. I mean, you have to have like a twenty twenty to get yourself. Yeah, I, I don't know. I might play this in the Marchesa deck, but uh, Animal Boneyard can enchant a land to do it. Uh, and you also, Aileen does the same thing. And so this Diamond oh, Valley. Diamond Valley. Yeah, that's Diamond Valley. There's another one. There's like a well. Mirror in the, the Moaning well. well. Yeah, but that costs three man to do it. So there are a lot of effects that do this in the. In, having a sack Mirin outlet and, on the land Diamond though, is nice. Valley are expensive, though. Cards. Yes, they are. So. But at the same time, you're just not going to... Yeah, I don't want to ever get below five life just so I can start sacking creatures to gain life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're not going to do that. No, thanks. All right, the next one is the red one. It's Vance's Blasting Cannons. It's three and a red for a legendary enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card, you may cast that card this turn. Oh, so that is Outpost Siege, mm-hmm. um, which is... What does he call it? What does Morrow call it? Impulsive Draw? Impulsive Draw, yeah. Well, that card's just playable, period. Yeah. I almost don't want to flip it now. Uh, whenever you cast your third spell in a turn, you may transform Vance's... Well, you don't have to flip it if you don't want to then, I guess. Uh, <laughs> if you place three spells in a turn, you flip it. It flips into Spitfire Bastion, a legendary land. 
taps for a red mana, or you can pay two and a red, tap it. Spitfire Bastion deals three damage to target creature or player. Now, that's actually not to be underrated just because it's a repeatable effect. Yeah. But it, again, like you said, it uses the land to do it. And so it's essentially kind of like a four mana spell. Just not that good. You know what? But the, the first front part side's of it, so good in Mono Red or Boros. If you want to have another Outpost Siege effect, yeah. Yeah. And then if it happens to flip over, it's not like you're mad about it. You got a land that taps to deal damage. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, yeah, the legendary land side's not as good, but the le- the enchantment side's better. So maybe it evens out. Okay. The next one is hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. Growing Rites of Itzlamok. It's two and a green for a legendary enchantment. When Growing Rites of Itlamok enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So it kind of replaces itself. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of your end step, if you control four or more creatures, transform this card into Itlamok, Cradle of the Sun. Keyword, cradle. cradle. Tap to add green to your mana pool. Or tap, add green to your mana pool for each creature you control. Strictly better guy as Cradle. <laughs> I shouldn't throw it that hard. Yeah, be careful. This is Strictly mine. better Gaia's Cradle because it can tap for green by itself. But here's the thing. It's going to transform when you have four more creatures. So it's going to be able to tap for a ton of mana that same turn. All right, your end step. So yeah. either way, absurd. It's not strictly better, honest, obviously. But On the other once side it, it flips, is. it is. Yeah. Yeah. The th- you're right, though. The fact that it transforms when you have four more creatures. Mm-hmm. Gaia's Cradle is good when you have four or more creatures so that's yeah. gonna be the time when it flips over i mean obviously yes if you have three creatures gaius Krill is still good i'm just saying this is the gap between how good this is and how good gaius Krill is 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 large still but it's not it's not as large as i i would think for a freaking 250 dollars card or whatever it is so yeah exactly. uh, that one is super exciting right because people who can't Very afford gaius cradle who are most players can now get a growing rights of itlamok mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay do it to it we're going into white. Are we going in strictly Wooburg order? I think no, we no, we want white, black, red, blue, green. Oh, sweet. All right. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right. So the first white card is Ashes of the Abhorrent. It's one in a white for an enchantment. Players can't cast spells from graveyards or activate abilities of cards in graveyards. Hmm. When a creature dies, you gain one life. This is just anti-dredge. I think it's more printed for modern and stuff. But I think it's pretty good in our format. It's mm-hmm. not uh, it's not strict graveyard hate in that it doesn't exile stuff, so there's still shenanigans that can occur because not all shenanigans from graveyards are casting spells from them or activating abilities. But still, it's a low cost point to put it into your deck. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather just play the card that exiles all cards from graveyards, though. You know what I mean? I don't know, because this is ongoing, right? Yeah, that's true. All right. Next up, we have Axis of Mortality. It was our preview card for Ixalan. Four white, white enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may have two target players exchange life totals. We discussed this in depth. If you want to check out our last episode when we talked about Ramos Dragon Engine, you'll find the discussion there, and it'll be more coherent than the discussion we're having right now. I mean, TLDR is that it's it might be a little bit fun, but it's not that good. It's cheeky. It's cheeky. I like it. Uh, the next card is Ixalan's Binding. This is three and a white for an enchantment. When Ixalan's Binding enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent and opponent controls until Ixalan's Binding leaves the battlefield. Your opponents can't cast spells with the same name as the exiled card. It's made for Commander. Um, so one thing to clarify here, which is why I wanted to bring it up, it won't really work against the Commander because I'm going to play it on, let's say, Jimmy's got Animar out, and I play it targeting Animar. Except it would go into Exile. Except oh, yeah, it's white. It's not. I pick one. the one freaking... Okay, Jimmy's playing Marchesa. Mm, you can't. And he doesn't have a sack outlet out. Mm, you can't. I counterspelled it. <laughs> Jimmy's tapped out. 
and has no cards at hand. And he's on his phone. And I play Ixalan's Binding targeting uh, Marchesa, which is going to exile it, but he chooses to put it into the command zone. Right. So now Ixalan's Binding doesn't see that that card is exiled because your opponents can't cast spells with the same name as the exiled card. Yeah. There's no exiled card, so it won't stop him from casting Marchesa in the future. So it won't work in that way. I just wanted to clarify that. It just is so pretty you know. good against commonly played cards in Commander, though, because it says your opponents can't cast spells with the same oh, name. Oh, right. So if you Soul Ring, nobody can cast a Soul Ring except yeah. for you. If you get a Sensei's Divining Top, which is very hard to get, that, wasn't a, good, that wasn't a good example. Um, if you get but, an Animar, I'm just kidding. If you get a Vidalconori or one of those cards that a lot of people tend to play, then yeah. you might stop other people from playing it. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I didn't even think of that. It's okay. All right, next up we have Settle the Wreckage. Two white-white for an instant. Uh, you're calling this... Wrath to Exile. I love it. Exile all attacking creatures target player controls. That player may search his or her library for that many basic land cards, put those cards onto the battlefield tapped, and shuffle his or her library. So you're basically getting rid of all the people and resetting that landscape below them. But in EDH, how many... I mean, if I did this against your uh, your five-color decks, you would just cry because you have no basic lands in there. <laughs> Most of my decks, three-color decks, there's not probably going to be enough basic lands. The, yeah, the problem, though, is that most of the decks that are attacking with a ton of creatures, like token decks, are usually two-color, so they'll, yeah. have, they'll be able to ramp it out. But this is still really good for two white-white in an instant to just exile every attacking creature target player. It doesn't need to be attacking you. You could be attacking anyone. I think it's okay. I mean, think of it this way, though. You Would you rather run Ghostly Prison? Mm-hmm. Almost certainly, right? Because it's going to stop the attacks from everybody. Yeah. So that's a tough one. It's a one-time use thing. You could use it on yourself if you're crazy. Now, that's a thing that a lot of people have been bringing up about this card, and frankly, I think is way overrated. Like, yes, I get it. You can use this on yourself to get basic lands out of your deck. That feels like a thing that is going to be talked about and no one's going to ever actually do. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I get it. Yes, if you make like eight or nine tokens. But if you have eight or nine tokens on the battlefield, why are you? you have, that's what your deck wants to do. You don't want to turn those into lands. Yeah. You know, you want to get land so that you can make eight or nine tokens once you're already there. And then, yeah, if you could do it in response to a board wipe and turn those into lands, you would love to. But you rarely are doing that during combat. So Settle the Wreckage doesn't help you. Just tone down the rhetoric on the cast it on yourself thing. I think it's going to be like the curses where nobody actually does that. Yeah. All right. The last white card is Tokatli Honor Guard. It's one in the white for a creature human soldier. One, three creatures entering the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger. Uh, this is just an annoying card to play. Hushwing Torpergriff Orb. Hushwing Torgriff. Torbjorn. Torbjorn. That was my favorite character for a long time because I'm bad at FPS. So, you know, yeah. I can't aim. Let that turret aim. Yeah. Anyway, that does it for white. Um, obviously, Takali Honor Guard is just one of those cards that you should play if you're in, if you're if you want to do one those white. hate berry decks, then then go for it. I mean, it really is one of the most annoying cards to play against. It for sure. wrecks so many of my decks. Yeah. Um, okay, we're into black. The first one is Dire Fleet Ravager. Three black, black for a orc pirate wizard. It's a four four has menace and death touch, but it says when Dire Fleet Ravager enters the battlefield. Each player loses a third of his or her life rounded up. Each player, including yourself. So that'd be 14 damage or loss of life, 14 to everybody when you're played if everybody's at their starting life total. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, you want to position this, obviously, where you are at a higher life total than everyone else when it's resolved. And sometimes this might just put someone down to like two, you know, something True. They'd have to be at six or no, they'd have to be at three. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you had like wound reflection... Yeah, there you go. Then and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden, boom. 
it's, a, it's a fast That's way brutal. to end the game because it's every player, which is yeah. kind of cool. But it's a third, which is a random because like Heartless hit that two goes one player, but it's a half. Right? Maybe you could like blink it. I don't know. Just blink it a bunch. It's interesting. And it'll then, never kill and them. Then do like a pestilence esque effect. Well, once everybody's at one, it'll kill them. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Pestilence. I like that. There you go. Raiders wake. Three in the black for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent discards a card, that player loses two life. And here is an instance of the ongoing raid. It says raid at the beginning of your end step. If you attacked with a creature this turn, target opponent discards a card. So it rewards you whenever they for discard attacking. a card. If you, they lose two life and also rewards you for attacking at those people. Yeah, and the and it's discarding a, target opponent. a card. It could be anyone. Yeah, and discarding a card and losing two life doesn't have to be tied to the raid part. So if you play another card like wheel of fortune that makes them discard then they're going to lose the life mm-hmm. it's not you know only when you sort of trigger that raid so yeah uh the next card is revel in riches this is four and a black for an enchantment whenever a creature an opponent controls dies create a colorless treasure artifact token that's like gold you can sack it for mana and then it says at the beginning of your upkeep if you control 10 or more treasures you win the game there you go build a treasure deck you don't even need you could just board wipe and maybe win, right? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. <laughs> like, if there's 10 creatures on the battlefield and you board wipe, yeah. if Revel and Riches is still around and the treasures are still around, I mean, yeah. it, you could if you could do that at instant speed on your end step or something, like... Yeah, there are plenty of cards that just win you the game on the spot, and that one's a little harder to get than the guy that, like, rewards you for having 40 more life or whatever, but... I think it's a little sovereign. better in general the rest of the time, though, because you're just getting instant Yeah, you value. always get... Inst- yeah, the instant value is nice. Yeah. It's not as good as something like Black Market, which is the same mana cost, I don't think, though. Right. So, maybe... Actually, I don't know. It's, I think it's comparable, because you have to use the Black Market mana immediately. Yeah, that's true. All right, Ruthless Knave, two in the black, a creature orc pirate. That's a 3-2. You can pay two in the black to sacrifice a creature and to create two art- treasure artifact tokens. And again, those sacrifice to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So this is just a nice sack outlet. doesn't need to tap for two in the black. And you get two treasure out of it. And it also says sacrifice three treasures, draw a card. So has a little bit of extra utility there. And remember, the treasure tokens are tokens. So there may be some token decks mm-hmm. you know you have anointed procession parallel lives doubling season all of a sudden you're might be in this get in some loops where you're creating extra creatures and then when you sack them you're creating four tokens treasure tokens rather than two mm-hmm. which is paying to sacrifice the creature which you, i think this is sort of a combo-y type card that may work in some instances all right now we're into red uh the first red card is star of extinction it's five red red for a sorcery destroy target land Star of Extinction deals 20 damage to each creature and each Planeswalker. 20 damage. Planeswalker, actually. That's pretty cool. Seven mana. Destroy a land and then do a board wipe is kind of cool. Yeah. Kill that Especially land. for a, man, a red, like a mono red deck. I would definitely play this. Kill that Gaia's Cradle. Kill all the Planeswalkers and all the creatures. Yeah. Seems pretty good. Pretty much all the creatures. What's I don't... that? Uh, there's that white creature from i think fate reforge that gives all your spells lifelink or whatever oh yeah monastery mentor no that makes a, a guy but uh, no, it's no, sort of like that it's a soulfire grandmaster yeah soulfire grandmaster then this gain a bajillion life yeah that seems good and then you also put it into your hand again so you get to do it again <laughs> um uh, it requires a lot of mana though all right this sun, card's crazy sunbird's invocation five in a red for an enchantment you know it's going to be powerful Whenever you cast a spell from your hand, reveal the top X cards of your library where X is that spell's converted mana cost. You may cast a card revealed this way with converted mana cost X or less without paying its mana cost. And you put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So that's actually really interesting. You you know, this card is six mana. You're hopefully going to be casting other big spells, revealing a ton of cards, and boom, going to town. 
Yeah, it does sort of a weird cascade thing, right? And you get sort of a choice of what you want to cast. Mm -hmm. This card does seem really, really good to me, sort of in the Mind's Dilation, like, mold. Not the exact same. Yeah, and in Mono Red, again, you want card advantage, and this is definitely a way to spiral out of control, especially if you're doing the thing where you play that uh, mana geyser effects. Yeah. You get a ton of mana, and then Sunbird's Invocation out of control. Yeah, that seems really good. And it's uh, yeah, whenever you cast a spell. So, so it's like your first one, your second one, your third yeah. one. Oh, yeah, that's true. If you if you like string together three or four spells, you mm -hmm. probably just win with that out. Yep. The next one's the card we were talking about earlier uh, that's kind of like this card Conspiracy, which was a black card, and now this is a blue card and cheaper. Two and a blue, Enchantment as Arcane Adaptation. Sorry, that's what it's called, Arcane Adaptation. Enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures you control are the chosen type in addition to their other types. The same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. So all your creatures kind of become the chosen type wherever they are, kind of. Yeah, that's actually pretty good, too. I mean... I mean, it's 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 doing the effect, but now it's cheaper, and it's reprinted, essentially. We might be getting to the point where... Because Conspiracy was another card that existed and did this. Mm -hmm. It was only one card that had that effect. Now there's two cards that have that effect. You might be beginning to get to the point where you could sort of build a deck around that idea counting on getting that right yeah. it's hard when there's only one card but when there's two three four now all of a sudden oh i can i can make sure my deck you know gets that going mm -hmm. all right here's a treasure mage-esque card trinket treasure mage but instead for different kinds of cards deadeye quartermaster three and a blue for a two two human pirate when deadeye quartermaster enters the battlefield you may search your library for an equipment or vehicle card reveal it put it into your hand then shuffle your library so equipment or vehicle is the nice part about that you get a little bit of both I don't think Blue's been able to search for those specific things before. No. Well, definitely so. not vehicle. Definitely not vehicle, yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one is Spell Swindle. Mm. All right, hold on to something here. Three blue blue for an instant. Counter target spell, then create X colorless treasure artifact tokens where X is that spell's converted mana cost. Wow. It's Mana Drain. It's, it's Mana Drain. five mana, but it's slightly better than Mana Drain because you don't have to spend that mana on your next turn. Yep, you get to wait. You can just sit there and use those treasure tokens one at a time if you want to or save it up for later. Yeah. It's really good. This may be the best counterspell they've, they've printed in quite some time. Yeah, I believe so. Since, yeah. like, I don't know, Pact of Negation or something? Yeah, it's it's Maybe since it's Swan Song. Nuts. Swan Song's pretty good. Yeah. Um, no, Swan Song is not as good as that card. <laughs> uh, okay. Now we're on to green. We only have one green card that we want to talk about in this set, and it is Shaper's Sanctuary. One green for an enchantment. Whenever a creature you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. All right. It's okay. Party time. What's going to happen is they're not going to target your stuff when you have that out, and then they're just going to board wipe to get rid of your stuff. But, you know. <laughs> All right. That's true. It, it is one mana, though, so. Yeah, yeah the, the Yeah, that's true. All right, let's go into multicolored. We've got the Belligerent Brontodon. Five a green and a white for a 4-6 dinosaur. Each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. So it's a Duran for only your creatures. It is seven mana. I don't think it's that good, but it is an effect that you don't see very often. So Yeah, and the Assault Formation type decks may want it. Yeah. Um, the, the second multicolored card is Hostage Taker. Two blue, black. Two, three, human pirate. When... It enters the battlefield, exile target artifact or creature until hostage taker leaves the battlefield, and then you may cast that card for as long as it remains exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast that spell. Here's the thing. This card's already been errated because otherwise you could immediately force a draw by casting this card, exiling itself. It goes into uh -oh. exile. You cast it. It exiles itself. It goes into exile. 
Just do it forever. You can do it forever. So it's already been errated to say exile another target mm-hmm. creature or artifact. Yeah, because this was part. There was a huge leak of cards earlier on, and people looked at Hostage Taker and went, "Wait a second, this is broken." So we just wanted to flag that. Also, I think it's decent if yeah. you can uh, if you can blink it and stuff. Then you can just start casting other people's cards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you yeah you do it, cast a card, then blink it. Do it, cast another yeah. card, then blink it. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to artifacts. The first one is the Vanquisher's Banner. Five mana for an artifact. Hello, tribal. As it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures you control of the chosen type get plus one, plus one. And whenever you cast a creature spell of the chosen type, draw a card. That's going in a lot of tribal decks. Yeah, it's it's got a little bit of everything in it. Um, the plus one, plus one's nice, but really the drawing cards is huge. Yeah, huge, it's just huge, value, huge. value, value. I don't. I was having a conversation on Twitter. This doesn't replace Coat of Arms. Coat of Arms is doing what Craterhoof Behemoth does. Mm-hmm. This is doing what Rhystic Study or Phyrexian Arena or things like that do. So I think, like, especially like a Boros Soldier deck, Shivam, I'm looking mm-hmm. at you. This mm-hmm. card's really good for card advantage. Um, the next one's a card people are talking about a lot. It's Pillar of Origins. It's two mana for an artifact. When it comes in the battlefield, you choose a creature type, and then you can tap it to add mana of any color to your mana pool and spend that mana only to cast a creature spell of the chosen type. People are excited about that. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't seem that amazing to me. It's Felwar Stone. Yeah, it's Felwar Stone. <laughs> yeah, um, whatever. People are excited. Felwar Stone isk. Okay. This is probably. Th- I was told this is probably the single most impactful card for competitive EDH, and probably going to see some play in like Vintage and Legacy. That makes sense. Sorceress Spyglass, two mana artifact. As it enters the battlefield, look at an opponent's hand and choose any card name. Activated abilities of sources with the chosen name can't be activated unless they're mana abilities. So this shuts down. A card in there. Planeswalkers. Hands. Planeswalkers. Notably, yeah. Other um, things with activated abilities. In, com- in competitive games, having a turn two play like this obviously is very important to know their hand as well as to be able to shut down the card without necessarily discarding it. So, yeah. interesting. Interesting. Uh, and the last card is a land. It's called Unclaimed Territory. Sorry, the last card we're going to talk about. It's not the last card in Ixalan. As Unclaimed Territory enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. You can tap Unclaimed Territory to add diamond or colorless mana to your mana pool, or you can tap it to add one mana of any color to your mana pool and spend this mana only to cast a creature of the chosen type. So there, people are calling this the budget Cavern of Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very, very good. Because it does tap for colorless, even if you don't aren't playing that creature type, you can still use it. Yeah. Uh, and it's just sort of you can tap for all your colors for, for your tribal creatures. Uh, I like this, and they've printed a couple of lands with Path to Ancestry and this. Yeah. They're good for tribal, but also, I think, you know, possibly playable um, in non-tribal decks. Because, again, you can use this to cast your commander as long as you sort of name your commander's creature type. Creature type, yeah. yeah. This is going to be a good year for tribal decks. I'll yeah. say that much. Yeah, it feels like it. And, and we know Iconic Masters is coming up, and some of the most iconic aspects of Magic are the tribes. Things yeah. like goblins, elves. I wouldn't be surprised to see stuff like that. At All right. this point, we have no knowledge of that, though. No knowledge. Yeah. We have no idea. Okay. Let's move on to a new segment we have, which is best of. So we're going to talk about the best of the new Legends overall card and Planeswalker. I think it's a pretty easy case for the first uh, Legends. I think Gashath, Sun's Avatar, is definitely the most powerful of the new Legendary creatures that can be your commander. It is very specifically tribal, but it is all the things you'd want in a good commander card. Yeah, I agree. Gashath is very good. I would put that as the best new Legendary. Best Planeswalker. I think we both agree is Vraska. I think Jace is actually pretty good though. In the infinite going infinite forever kind of thing. I think it's okay as a turn three play and make two two. 
Yeah, I guess. It's not horrible. I, I don't, don't think it's amazing. I'd but, rather yeah. draw a card. Yeah. Vraska is six mana, so there, there's a lot more competition at that slot. But True. all of her stuff is relevant. Uh, but the make a 2-2 on Vraska is not as relevant at six mana. No. All right. Now let's talk about the this best is, overall this card. This is a showdown. It's either Spell Swindle, which is the mana drain that gives you treasures, or Growing Rites of Itlamok, which turns into Gaia's Cradle. So actually, just saying that sentence. It's funny because one <laughs> they they basically made a a version of Mana Drain and a version of Gaia's Cradle. So Gaia's Cradle is a little harder to activate, having to have four creatures on the battlefield. Spell Swindle is just a five mana counter spell, which is a normal price for a lot of counter spells that have like an extra thing tacked on. But it's crazy we're having this conversation, right? This is a two hundred dollar card from twenty five years ago. This is a two hundred dollar card from twenty five years ago, yeah. and these are basically functionally going to do what those cards do i think my vote is for spell swindle however um i agree because i think having four creatures for illamok is just going to be a little too hard whereas spell swindle once you have the mana you're just able to use it to its full potential i mean i think you're going to be able to flip the growing rights of illamok most of the time but, but there will be sometimes where that's a little bit annoying yeah and it's also end step so you don't yeah. get it that same spell swindle is never going to be annoying you're just going to be like this is going to be this sweet. is going to be sweet yeah, yeah. Spell Swindle is really good. I want to hold up Desertion and Spell Swindle in the same turn. <laughs> yeah, because you Spell Swindle the first thing, then you use that five <laughs> mana to <laughs> the Desertion, desertion the, next, the next yeah. thing. Or it could be ten mana. Who knows? Uh, what, it depends yeah, on how big the card is that your opponents play. Yeah. All right. To the listeners, what cards from Ixalan are you most excited about? And uh, for which of your decks are they going into? Are there any cards that we missed that you think we should have talked about? Let us know. Are there any cards that you would have gone to cardkingdom.com slash command zone to buy instead? That is our affiliate link. Make sure you use it. Thank you to Card Kingdom for being a sponsor for the show. Again, high quality service, very fast shipping. If you're going to pre-order cards from anywhere and want to get them right when the set comes out, essentially, Card Kingdom is going to be the place you want to go to. Cardkingdom.com slash command zone. We heard that over and over. People were very surprised how fast they got their commander product Mm -hmm. when they pre-ordered from Card Kingdom. Card Kingdom will get them to you faster than anybody. So pre-order now. The other sponsor for the show is Ultra Pro. If you have one of those cool new Planeswalkers like Vraska, you might consider getting these awesome Planeswalker-specific dice. They're really cool. These things are really sweet. They're shaped. uh, They got the little loyalty um, symbol on them. Also, they make the Eclipse sleeves, like we were saying. They have themed deck boxes, playmats, and sleeves for all the sets, including Ixalan. So that's something to look out for. These are also just D6, so you can use them as that, too. That's a good point. For whatever. But use them for the loyalty thing. That's why they're cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, oh, and a reminder, Lifelinker at this point should have an update so if you have downloaded lifelinker make sure you go to the app store and download the update we added the very much asked for commander damage and infect now if the update's not there yet sorry it should be though it should be there now or very very soon again we're shooting like three weeks in advance so we believe it will be live by them if not it's coming very very soon uh patreons of course you will get the full unlock for free if you haven't already and uh in fact we should put the logo pretty soon available on lifelinker so that everybody can you know have it as one of the the downloadable backgrounds we'll figure out how we're gonna make that available to you uh soon we don't we don't know but but we'll make it so that you can get that logo yep um all right Another logo you can get on the Lifelinker app <laughs> is the Masters of Modern podcast. They have a cool lightning bolt inside of an O. And uh, that podcast talks about modern as a format and all things competitive magic. It is hosted by our good friend Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman. You can find them at the MMCast on Twitter. You can find them on Facebook or the best place, which is right next to us at Collected.Company. Yeah. Our editor for the show is Terry Robertson. Make sure you check out the video versions of the podcast at YouTube.com slash The Command Zone Podcast, where you can also watch our game night series. 
which is, I'd say, the best magic gameplay ever recorded and put on the internet. Ever in history. Ever, ever. Uh, and, forever, of course, forever. Forever. and of course, big thank you to Jeffrey Palmer, who, who provides the living card animations at the beginning and end of our podcast, as well as a lot of the cool graphical animations inside the Game Nights episodes as well. Jeffrey, awesome guy, and we cannot wait for you to see what he did for the next episode of Game Nights, which is coming out very soon. September 20th. Make sure you tune in. Tune in. Just to my left, Jeffrey's work. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be sweet. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.